This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, I, by the way, yes. by the way, I'm a little disturbed with you. I got a bone what? to pick. So go, go back, go back to the other stuff that you want to go to. But I got a bone to pick with you. What? We clinched a playoff on Monday, and we didn't do an emergency podcast. What's up with that? Yeah, you're not the first person to say that to me. I've heard a few people say that. Well, okay. Lugie was one of them. Yeah, Lugie, our producer, was one of them. Okay, when we did the Rico on Sunday. We did 10 minutes on clinching what it means, 2016. We're breaking down the roster from 2016. The clinching was inevitable. Like, it was special. I'll tell you how I acted when they clinched. I didn't think it was worthy of an instant reaction, emergency podcast. Now, there will be many. I think we're going to do one after the first Braves game, 100%. I think we're definitely going to do one of those. We'll do some after the playoffs, obviously. I mean... We, I basically preempted the clinching podcast by saying, hey, we're going to clinch. This is how it's going to feel. You know? it's, I don't think it's it was still, necessary. It still felt special. And listen, not to even – you could save today for the Scherzer stuff, but that was a special day. That It really felt good, it, and it was an accomplishment that Mets fans haven't been able to celebrate that many times. Okay, so 100%. I agree with you. And when they clinched it – I didn't get emotional, but I did start thinking back to how rare this is, which I expressed last week, that it is special to make the postseason. But I immediately, after getting up out of my chair and hugging my wife, saying, hey, we're going back to the playoffs. And by the way, when the Mets won the division in 2015, I cried like a baby. I can't even explain why, but I was very emotional when they won the National League East in 2015, that game against the Reds. And after I got emotional, I got just piss wasted. Me and my wife went out to a party. We got so drunk. It was fantastic. It was before we had kids, all right? Long, long time ago. But I'd say within five minutes of thinking about making the playoffs, my focus went right to, we got to win the second division. And so this is really, really unique. In fact, I was surprised. Gary Cohen got it wrong on the broadcast, and now it's going to make me go down memory lane. Gary Cohen on the broadcast said, Oh, we just got reminded by Ethan, who's a part of Mets PR, does a great job, that the Mets were in a situation like this before in 2000, that they clinched the playoff spot and still had a chance at the division. That is 100% not true. That is not what happened, okay? I'll tell you exactly what happened because I remember it. The Mets played the Braves at Shea Stadium. The Braves won either the first game of the series, I think it was the first game of the series, to clinch the NL East. They clinched the division at Chase Stadium. They were very matter-of-fact. John Rocker, you know, mocked the fans a little bit, but there was no over-the-top celebration. The next day, the Mets beat the Braves to clinch the wild-card spot. And I remember with my dad saying, boy, this, this is so awkward. Like, we can't celebrate 
They won the division. What the hell are we celebrating? Second place? So, if, And you could look this up. The Braves won the division one night, and the Mets won the wild card the next night. There was never a, the Mets clinched a playoff spot, plus they're competing for the division. Unless my memories are completely twisted, and I don't think they are. I, I don't. I think I would trust. If I'm going to trust anybody, it's you because I don't remember. I'll look it up to confirm. But look it I'm, up before this pod is over. I want you to say, Evan, you're remembering it right, or hey, Evan, you're a schmuck. Apologize to Gary Cohen. And but Ethan, I'm telling you, I don't think I don't have to apologize. It's more about Ethan because Ethan did the hard work to find that stat. So don't don't. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know who I'm mad at. It's just it, it's it is unique. That, that's the bottom line. Like this situation they're in of clinching a playoff spot. And still being in a tooth and nail battle for the division is really, really unique. The Dodgers, the Astros, and soon the Yankees were in spots where, yeah, they're clinching a playoff spot first, but you knew they were winning the division. So the way you handle your celebration can be very, very different. I tell you, as a fan, my attitude was, uh, we got to win this division. Like, this race isn't over. We got to get back to that. But look, winning the opener of this series, having Max Scherzer dominate the way he did, he wins his 200th game. Pete Alonzo, it's a three-run home run. It was an absolutely perfect night. No doubt about it. The only negative, I guess, was Tyler McGill finally comes back and, you know, didn't look great. But it was his first game back. Gave up that two-run home run to Rowdy Telez. I was never fully worried. The second game of this series was, <laughs> was so frustrating, but awesome on so many levels. Because Carlos Carrasco's lousy. Bad cookie, as we like to call him. And he was. He was bad cookie right from the get-go. He was lucky to get through the first inning. He gave up that double to Willie Adamas and then almost gave up a double to Urias. It just went foul. He gets through the inning. Then he gets bombarded in the second inning with ripped doubles all over the place. And Buck's lucky he got him through the third and fourth inning. Great, have a party. But that wasn't all on Carlos Carrasco. As mediocre as he was, the Mets did something so typical of what happened when they struggled against Chicago. They have a first-inning rally that goes nowhere. That was the kiss of death when they were struggling against the Cubs and even the Nationals. First-inning rally goes nothing, and then they get mowed down by Peter Strzelecki and Holby Milner, and it's like, what the hell is going on? I need a sip of water. Hold on one second. Pulling up Marco Rubio when he did the rebuttal at the uh, State of the Union. Give me a second. You watched too much politics. Is that what oh, you do? That was classic. That was classic. You don't know about that? So it was a State of the Union. Obama was president. And Marco Rubio was doing the response, right? So he needed to drink water in the middle of his response. And he's like awkwardly trying to grab the bottle of water to give himself a break. What he should have done was what I just did, which is, hey, I need a sip of water. Give me a second. Because I'm a effing human. And like people would understand that. Rubio's like awkwardly grabbing. That's why he didn't become president. True story. It's why he couldn't win the Republican nomination in 2016. And because Chris Chris Christie bitch slapped him. Which I don't know (laughs) if you recall. Oh my God. Christie took him apart in one of the uh, debates. And then, yeah, Rubio went after Trump and they went after each other. So I guess that had something to do with it too. Anyhow, I'm not getting on the tangent here breaking down the freaking 2016 Republican primary. Ah, uh, I forgot what I was saying now. <laughs> I was, oh. I, go. Yeah, what go. do you got? What do you got? What do you No, got? no, what I'm still lo- I'm still looking. I'm still looking. Oh. I, I wasn't sure if you needed my help. Let me know when you figure that out. So, the Met offense can't hit anybody, 
And the whole time I'm thinking, we just need a bomb. We're not getting all four runs back. It's 3 nothing. They tack on a run against Trevor Williams, who wasn't great. He was very fortunate to get through that fifth inning. And who knew at the time? But when he got Omar Navarez to pop up with bases loaded two out in the fifth, that was one of the biggest points of the game. But they just needed a bomb. And when Alonzo came up with two on and one out, that was the moment where the bomb hit. And credit to Pete Alonzo. He's been on that streak of driving a run every day. Finally got snapped in the finale of this series. But that was such a much-needed three-run home run. And I'm not brimming with confidence. When he hit it, I felt good. When he hit it, I felt, okay, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. And Keith Hernandez, throughout the broadcast early on while they were struggling, kept saying, it's one of those games where the offense may start to hit late. They may figure it out late. And when Alonzo hit the three-run home run, even though the next two guys meekly went out, Escobar and McNeil, there was just a feel that, okay, this game is completely different. And they got through the seventh inning, or got through the sixth inning, which was really, really important because you just put up three runs on the board. And then, boy, that seventh inning was something. Making Trevor Rogers or Taylor Rogers, one of the Rogerses, the lefty who can't throw strikes, that Rogers. Ball four, ball four, and he wasn't even that close. Nimmo drew a very close ball four to get the bases loaded. Canna strikes out, which was a disaster. And then Francisco Lindor does what I got to tell you he's been doing all year. He has had a very, very clutch season, which sometimes can't just simply be defined by, hey, what's he hitting with runners in scoring position? Because that's not the fairest way necessarily to show if a guy's clutch or not, good or bad. Because runners in scoring position up 8-1 to one in the 8th inning counts the same. If you watch Lindor every day, and I've never been a, a Lindor lover or defender, I just call it like it is. He has gotten so many big hits this year, and that grand slam was monumental on the first pitch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And usually when I'm watching these games, I'm actually really calm. Very, very calm when I watch these games. When he hit that grand slam, oh my God, I jumped out of my chair and everybody's sleeping. My wife is sleeping. Our youngest kid is still in our bed. Don't get me started. All right, he's sleeping. And I did a silent pump fist like this. Just like, I'm holding it in. That was a great feeling. A tremendous feeling. Because I think, Hoff, you said it earlier, that reeked of earlier Mets. That reeked of the DNA of this baseball team to win a game like that. To be down 4 nothing, To score three in the six. To have a teammate pick up a teammate because Mark Canna striking out was a killer. You got bases loaded, one out. All Canna's got to do is hit the ball to the outfield. The game is tied. I'm not asking for a grand slam. So that was, that was huge. That was tremendous. And then, look, Buck's usage of the bullpen was fine. It really was. Joely Rodriguez gets a lefty out. Let me try Trevor May. He's shaky, but he's able to get through the inning. He gives Adovino a chance to get through the eighth. And as soon as he gives up the RBI hit to Willie Adamas, he says, okay, no more effing around. Let's get Edwin Diaz in this game. And Edwin Diaz has had his shaky moments recently, but that was dominant Edwin Diaz. 
That was scary good, Edwin Diaz. And there are some good closers in Major League Baseball this year. Not named Clay Holmes because he sucks now. But, you know, Emmanuel Classe of Cleveland. You know, Kenley Jansen leads the league in saves. He is shaky as all hell. But Edwin Diaz makes it look as easy as anybody. He has really had an incredible, incredible season that we should not take for granted, especially us as Met fans who are so used to horrible, crappy closers. And he's been great this year. Now, that's not me telling you he's not going to blow up in the playoffs. I hope he doesn't. You never know. I hope he doesn't. He's never pitched in the playoffs. We're going to find out. For him, that's brand new. I don't know what's going to happen. But in this regular season, he has been remarkable. He gets a four-out save without skipping a beat. And so... Winning the first two games of this series, that's what they needed to do. Because, again, you're facing a good team. Uh, the Brewers are a solid little baseball team. I'm not saying they're a great team. I did think they were going to be a lot better than they turned out to be. I thought the Brewers were going to be a 95-win team. I was wrong. And I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I hope the Brewers don't make the playoffs. And you know why? You know why, Pete? See if you can figure it out. Um, let me try to think why you why like the Brewers not want. Because that means the Phillies make the playoffs, but that's not a good thing. Is that a good right. thing? Okay, you're, you're on the right page here. You haven't nailed it yet, but you're getting there. Maybe it's because the Phillies are about to play four games against the Braves, and I want the Phillies to uh. win. <laughs> if the Brewers make the playoffs, there's a chance the Phillies crap the bet against the Braves again. And I don't want that. <laughs> Look. If the Phillies could take care of business this weekend and then crap the bet, I got no problem with that. You know, they, they lose all their games after they play Atlanta. I don't even know who they play. I don't even care who they play. Then I'm all right. But I want the Philadelphia Phillies to win three out of four against the Atlanta Braves. Is that asking too much? Yeah, probably. No, no, it's, it's it, well, it is. But let me, let me just point out one last thing about the Braves, and I don't we don't have to talk about them so much until our series with them. They have one off day for the rest of the season. Yes. Yes, I think it's next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, right before they play the Mets. They have an off day. Well, that look, that's why the whole games in hand thing, I think it benefits Atlanta because the loss column is even. But the negative is they don't have off days because they have to play the games to make up. And I think what really benefits the Mets, and we haven't touched on it yet, is that Brandon Nimmo left game three with a quad injury. Jeff McNeil got through the game, but he had like five different injuries. Uh, trying to get away from Escobar on the little pop-up. Then the on the Grand Slam is trying to leap over the fence, whatever the hell he's trying to do. The Mets have three off days in the next week. And I love baseball. I want baseball every day. I love these effing off days. I need these effing off days. So, yes, you're right. The Braves only have one off day. The Mets have one, two, three off days. Think that helps the Mets? I I do. I I listen. Scherzer was one who said, "Well, it was last year with his dead arm, he's like, I needed to pitch consistently. I didn't need the off days." But for me, I think it's going to benefit because they may wear out. They it's a long season. It's a long grind. They're on fire, but they still have to go a long way to get to the well, end of the season. You know what's funny about this? The off days to me not don't benefit the pitching as much as they benefit the everyday bats. And my reasoning for that is, and you sort of touched on it, Scherzer's missed time with IL stints. So while he's pitched a quote-unquote full season, he has made 21 starts, which means he has two, he's made 23 starts this year. He's going to throw about 145 to 150 innings. So not really a full season. Jacob DeGrom missed half the season. So you've got your two best pitchers as rested as they can be, and hopefully 
as you pointed out, it doesn't turn into Max having a dead arm because he didn't pitch enough. Your bullpen has also had a lot of rest, sometimes for bad reasons. Edwin Diaz can't get in a game when the Mets are getting swept by the Chicago Cubs. He got in one, but he's gone stretches without pitching. The Mets have a well-rested bullpen. So I don't think the off days to me, I don't look at it as benefiting the pitching. In fact, it could be negative because you want to see Tyler McGill out there. You want to see Drew Smith out there. You want to kind of continue to test these guys in big spots. That's not the benefit. The benefit's the everyday player. Because not only are you dealing with the Starling Marte injury, which continues to linger, the Brandon Nimmo injury, which is new, Jeff McNeil being banged up. Dude, God knows what else Pete Alonso and Lindor are going through. These guys play every day. Every day. And, and Buck hasn't DH'd him a lot lately. So, and, and, and no one's complaining about this. I'm not saying this in a negative way, but the New York Mets and Buck Showalter in 2022 have run their stars out there every single day. I think most people listening are saying, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm not saying it's bad. I love it. I want to see my best players play. Now, you don't want to see them break down. You don't want to see them get tired at the end of the year. The last thing I wanted to hear from Lindor a week and a half ago is, well, we're hitting a wall. No, get over the goddamn wall. Don't hit a wall. But I do think without them missing games, because every game is important, having an off day on Thursday, having an off day on Monday, having an off day on the following Thursday, I think is tremendous. I really do. And I really believe it benefits the position player a hell of a lot more than it's even benefiting the pitching. Yes, you can work your rotation however you want. I don't think Buck needs to change anything. I heard Gary and Keith having that discussion on the broadcast the other day. Well, you want to have DeGrom, then Scherzer, then Bassett. Not necessarily. This isn't a best of five series. It's a three-game series. I don't think the order of pitcher matters. I really don't. Now, where the Mets and Braves are in the standings will be significant. And look, let's just make things simple. If they're tied, which they are right now. So that means the Braves win the the extra games and everything remains to Hoyle. Then you go into that series flat out needing to win the series. Period, stop. You got to win two out of three. That series will be for the division. It doesn't have to be that way because if the Mets can pick up a game, whether it means the Braves lose to the Phillies on Thursday, whether it just means... Wherever it comes from, that's not even important. If the Mets can pick up a game in the loss column on the Atlanta Braves, I want to make this clear, that series is completely different. If you go into a three-game series with the Braves and you're one game up, you don't have to win the series. You have to win a game. Because I'll, I'll spell it out for you. It's pretty damn simple. If you go into a series with Atlanta up one and you lose two out of three, You end the series tied with the tiebreaker going into a three-game series against the Nationals. Now, obviously, it's no lock you win every game against Washington. We all know the risks of that. But you at least go into the final week of the season not having to worry about the break. Win your games, you win the division. And I think all of us would sign for that. How could you not? 